All right, guys, welcome back for another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. What's up, you D-Gens? What's going on? Uh, we're going to cover NFC East today. Uh, we're going through our division by division breakdown. Yeah, uh, so we're, we, we're already as bored of it as you are. Yeah, we I'm landed out East this time around, so we'll it's, be covering... Uh, 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 we'll go over the Cowboys and the Eagles <laughs> and the Commanders. And... Yeah, I'm not a big Philly guy right now. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell, but, but don't really love trading A.J. Brown away, but here we are, and we're ready to talk about it. Yeah, um, so we'll... Uh, We'll we'll get to it. We'll uh, we'll cover the breakdown of the the whole division, uh, people we like, people we don't like, and all that other happy shit. Uh, so thanks for joining, and uh, let's and get going. Thanks for staying, you fuck. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gates deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. All right. Well, so, here we are. Yeah, it's, here we uh, are. What should we start with, the division winner? Because um, none of us know who that's going to be. No. We'll start from the bottom. We'll work our way up because we'll, we'll get to the shit that nobody wants to hear. We'll leave, save the best for last. Also, I feel like all four teams are viable options for the bottom of the barrel. Here. That's fair. Right? As, soon as, I said, <laughs> as soon as I said best for last, I'm like, well, is yeah, it really Phil- a yeah, Philly's got the best chance, in my opinion, to um, win the division. Them or Dallas. Is that just because they have A.J. Nonies or is that... Yeah, A.J. Nonies is pretty good, but I also love Devontae Smith on the other yeah, side of it. Let's be fair. It's going to be Philly or Dallas. Yeah, let's, let's just run it with Philly to start. So, right. I mean, uh, their wide it. receiving core is phenomenal. I will say that. Um, Average at best, I'll say. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is best friends with A.J. Brown. Yeah. Ev- I will say from a rapport standpoint aj brown's been catching balls with him in the offseason since high school so it's they definitely have some familiarity there i don't think there's going to be a huge learning curve for him on where the ball is going to be the release point on where he throws that kind of a thing i think that aj is not going to have a lot of problems with that um when it comes to staying healthy yeah his knees did start to become <laughs> a problem i will say that oh so you're, but you're at the end of the day now. he does tough out a lot of injuries he plays through a lot of shit that most people wouldn't um Devontae smith obviously like i said is phenomenal too one of the best route run- young route runners in the league yeah he's um, legit he's good. dallas goddard i think is only gonna get better now what is his ceiling i don't think it's top five tight end i don't think so i either. think it's top 10 100%. But I do think that with the weapons that he has, it's going to free up a lot of more one safety looks for him. Yeah, and he thrives in single coverage safety situations. Goddard, Goddard could eat over the middle this year just mm-hmm. because of the threat they have on the outside with Smith and Brown. For sure, I think Goddard is locked into a very close to top 10. Top 5 is going to be really tough to crack. Um, But that said, they started the first few games of last year. They were trying to throw the ball a lot. And they switch it up late in the year. They started running the ball a lot more, which is who um, they've always been. And if if they if they want to throw the ball as much as they indicated last year at the beginning stage of the of the season, um, Goddard could be a sneaky candidate to break into the top six or seven. I I don't think he's quite going to get there. Um, but that said, I. I I don't hate Goddard this year. No, I think I'd, I'd, especially because where you're going to get him in drafts yeah. is probably not taking him. 
one or two outside, like the first or second tight end off the board outside of those elite five that yeah. we typically discuss. The Mark Andrews, the Travis Kelseys, George Kittles, those guys of the world. He's not going to be in that conversation, but with the potential to try to crack into the bottom one or two of that class. That's his ceiling. That possibility is there. Yeah. And for where you're drafting him, I think that that's good value. That's fair. That is fair. Because any, anytime I'm mocking right now, I'm seeing him. It's a wide range, but I'm seeing anywhere between like the sixth and like the 10th. That's kind of the cutoff. Um, so obviously, like I said, it's a wide range of outcomes as far as where you're going to get him. It just depends on who values him higher at times. And how um, much you believe in fantasy quarterback to Jalen Hurts. Oh, he, I'm telling you, man. The, He's got value in fantasy. It's the rushing upside. He had 10 touchdowns last year on the ground. That's It It does something. Anyway, um, with Goddard, it's if, if you miss out, if you're somebody that wants to grab an elite tight end this year, and you should, I'm saying that right now. There's a huge positional advantage to getting an elite tight end. If you miss out on one of the top three um, or four with like Kittle, if you want to throw him into that I bunch. Just, I'm out on Kittle this year. Goddard, that's a conversation for another yeah. day. Goddard, if you miss out on one of those top few guys, Goddard is one of the, the first names off the board. Oh, yeah, that. and look at the schedule. He gets six games in the NFC East. Like That's, that's incredibly valuable because yeah. we're all about opportunity and matchup here, like we say, every week. So... I would say when it comes to that, the upside there is definitely a possibility. And with guys like George Kittle, who has really been on the decline and can't stay healthy. That's his big problem. I do think that he has the ceiling of being able to take Kittle out of that top group and solidifying himself in. Now, do I think it's going to be easy? No, especially with two miles to feed in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. But do I think that he's not going to have the toughest opportunity to catch balls as a in the context of double covered? Are they playing the seams with safeties or are they stacking the box for that kind of thing? Or are they playing dime packages where they need safety help for one of the outside wide receivers, which most likely I think is going to happen for them? I love me some Dallas Goddard from a value perspective. Yeah, the, the talent around him has definitely been elevated. Now the, the you know opportunity is maybe... A little bit slightly less than what he had last year but i mean the the passing volume there is going to be higher in 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 philly i think because the last half of last year they just didn't throw the ball much they were one of the top rushing offenses in the league last year um, especially late in the year i i don't think that's their choice i think they did that because they had to and they were in the hunt they made the playoffs last year um so they were trying to win games late in the year and their best chance to win was by running the ball and keeping jalen hurts from having to throw 30 times a game, mm-hmm. but they started the year wanting him to throw that much and they have the talent around them now to do that. And Goddard's for sure the number three option uh, behind Brown and Smith. And in an offense that could be fairly explosive, um, should be a lot of red zone opportunity. And uh, if he, if he can capitalize on some of that and, and, and bring some of those targets in absolutely, you know, top six, seven, tight ends this year is not out of the question um, i think his floor is probably about tight end 10 which is still starting you know starting caliber and if you're getting him in round eight you know or or, or even later um, that's still a good value you're landing a starting tight end um, later in the draft that's you know what everybody wants so 
like I said, if, if you're getting him, if, if you miss out on an elite tight end in the earlier part of the draft, if that's what you're targeting, um, he's not a bad fallback option for sure. So um, I guess sticking to the passing game because that's you know where the majority of the, the targets are going to be for this team, what – where do you think Jalen Hurts? Like, where does Jalen Hurts fall for you this year? Because I'm, I think he'll finish top twelve. I do, hundred percent top twelve. Mm-hmm. I have him, I think six or seven. But and I that's... think that's fine with the rushing upside. Now, what that means for Miles Sanders is probably not great because he does steal a lot of those vulture goal line touchdowns. I do think Miles Sanders is awesome when it comes from just a talent perspective. Hundred percent. But he's like talented. we say every yeah. time, opportunity trumps talent every time, and. I just don't know that he's going to be able to consistently get the workload that we want. Still having Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott there, who they, for some reason, love to use both. Mm-hmm. And they like to mix that up, for sure, and I hate it. it. It's such a headache. And having Jalen Hurts there on those goal line situations, I think that it's much more consistent for them where they know what they're going to get, which is why he gets so many of those rushing touchdown looks. Yeah. And from a fantasy perspective, I can't bank on the running game getting all the touchdowns taken away much like I do in New England when it comes to that I just they get vultured and it's not necessarily by the quarterback in New England but there's three running backs that they use that they use and if running back three gets one he's not even rostered in most leagues that's going to piss you off just as much as if Jalen Hurts gets it in on the one as opposed to Miles Sanders so I don't love that I mean their offensive line though they have Jordan Mailata who they re-signed on the left side of the ball um Landon Dickerson's a second round pick who's on the left side, and he's been pretty solid. Jason Kelly and Lane Johnson are still there, and they have Jack Driscoll, who is a relatively new player as well. I think he's a second year as well. And so uh, they've addressed needs on the offensive line. I think they're relatively solid, and I don't think that the passing game is going to be a liability this year like it was last year. Not nearly as as bad as it was last year. AJ is going to take that offense to the next level. Now, what that next level is, how good it's going to be, I'm not sure, but I do think that they're going to be able to stay in a lot of games and most likely win a lot of their divisional games, which is going to be big. Yeah, I think Hurts had 10 touchdowns last year on the ground. I don't think you're going to see him rush for 10 more touchdowns this year. I think it's more in the range of like five, six, seven. So you take a few of those away. You you, suppose you put those, you give those to Miles Sanders. Um, It's still not a lot of rushing touchdowns because they like to spread the ball. You, You truly don't know who's going to get the goal line carries. It's could be Gainwell. They do like Boston Scott. They like to mix him in. Um, it does worry me a bit that if you know if you do take some of those touchdowns from Hertz, what's his upside going to be? Uh, but like we were saying, I think the passing volume is going to be enough that they should be able to make up for that. Um, it's not going to be. He's still going to run the ball enough where he's going to keep you in top ten category for for quarterbacks. Um, it's just, there's, there's too much value in a quarterback that runs the ball with, you know, getting one point per 10 yards. Uh, I, I think honestly, now that we talk about a little bit, six is probably a little bit high for my liking. I'd probably drop him down a little bit more like eight. I don't think I would. Um, he's got too much rushing upside. And but that's, yeah, it's Jalen Hurts. So people have rip, a tough time believing he can be in a top five conversation for anything quarterback related, but yeah. fantasy is a whole different ball game and you have to look at it at a different, it, with a different scope reports, reports at a camper that Jalen Hurts has looked better throwing the ball more accurate. Um, I sure hope so. Better footwork. He just better timing. They're just, they, they like what they see. Yep. However, 
that could be uh, coach speak. They love mm-hmm. this time of year. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of smoke screens. There's a lot of bullshit flying. Well, you around. gotta hype your guys up. You want yeah. them to perform and feel like the coaching staff has confidence yeah. in them. Head coaches love, love, love to hype people up this time of year, and you see it everywhere. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Kyle Phillips. Um, yeah, Kyle Phillips, for example. Um, if you're a Tennessee fan, because outside of them, nobody would know who he is. Or you see, I don't even know maybe. that most Tennessee fans know who he is. Yet. They probably don't yet. Uh, but, but I. I I do think Hertz is going to be startable all year, provided he stays healthy. Uh, I don't think there's elite upside there. I think as far as rushing, you you pretty much hit his ceiling last year. And passing-wise, he hasn't hit his ceiling. But the closer he gets to his ceiling passing, it's going to take away from his yep. rushing potential. So I, I think, think he needs to identify with who he is as a player and run with that. And, and I, think, I think what you got from him last year is about what you can expect in terms of total fantasy output whether it comes via him throwing the ball or rushing it probably doesn't matter. But I think last year is about what you're going to get from him at best again this year. So six, eight, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, you don't have to reach, but when quarterbacks start flying, he's not going to be one of the first names taken. He's not a Lamar or Justin Herbert. Correct. When they start flying, that's going to give you leeway in that round and make a decision on if you want a quarterback with that potential upside he's probably going to be the one that falls to you. And I think that that's a steal where most people will think that that's a reach. Right. And that's that's where the value part of it comes in because you don't have to draft him in the fourth round. Too many people think that that's a reach because of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts being Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You... Where in fantasy, that's an incredibly high value pick. So don't believe the masses when it comes to that or the stigma around him. He's a phenomenal fantasy player and he can win you a lot of games. Yeah. You, you won't have to pick him in the fourth round, fifth round. Six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, maybe. But I've seen him slip into the tenth, even depending on the mock that you're doing. So and that's huge. You know, if you can get a guy like him in the ninth round, that's a great value. And now all of a sudden, you're strong everywhere else, mm-hmm. and you've got a starting caliber quarterback that you won't have to stream or worry about replacing. with high potential. Upside. With high potential, mm-hmm. um, weak winning potential. And as so. far as the defensive side of the ball, they have a lot of veterans who know what they're doing. They brought James Bradbury over from the Giants, which was huge. He was just a cap casualty because New York's is in cap hell based on because Gettleman literally fucked them. They are god awful. Yeah, Gettleman murdered that team salary cap for the next five years. Uh, Saquon's in trouble. I'll just put it that way. I disagree. When it comes to the defensive side of the ball here, they have a lot of really good older players in Darius Slay, Jaqueski Tart, Anthony Harris, James Bradbury. Their entire back end is made up of veterans, and they're not horrible. Even Avante Maddox as a backup. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Javon Hargrave are all all in the twilight-ish of their careers. Yeah, they're getting up there. And Derek Barnett's pretty good, though. Derek Barnett's good. They drafted him in the 2017 draft. Um, I think he went 19th overall. I only know that because I wanted him. Um, <laughs> they have Josh Schwett still. They drafted Jordan Davis for, in the first round this year, who's going to be a key piece on the defensive, tack- or on yep. the defensive tackle side 100%. going forward. He gets to learn from Hargrave and Cox, which is huge. They brought Hassan Reddick over, which I thought was a pretty good signing. And they got Nicobe Dean, who fell to them in the third round. Which was a, a shock to me. Yeah. He was, a, uh, he was just injury about the first concerns, round. but also their fourth round quarterback, who was supposed to be a first round pick, Carson Strong, also fell because of injury concerns. So, hey, that. that <laughs> All right. <laughs> that so that this, guy's going to be the truth. He's going to take Jalen's job we'll this year. We'll just leave that there. But, uh, 
As far as it goes, I think their defense will be solid, but nothing to write home about. They're not going to be explosive. They're just going to do their job and bend, not break. You're going to yep. see a lot of field goals and a lot of long drives when they score touchdowns, but they're not going to give up a shit ton of big plays. And because of that, I think their defense is a decent streaming option, especially because of the division they play in based on schedule. But I would not bank on them to be a consistent start at all. No, I they're going to be streaming at best. You know, they're playing the commanders in, in whatever week it might be. That's that's a good pickup or whatever. But they're not going to be somebody you pick in the 13th, 14th round thinking you're going to be able to start them most weeks. Um, it's going to be a matchup-based thing. So if, if you subscribe to the... Um, you know, streaming streaming your defenses sort of mentality. They're going to be an option probably at some point because there's enough talent there. Uh, when they are playing subpar offenses, they'll they'll be able to exploit those. Um, but I mean, I'm not starting the Philly defense against like you know Dallas's offense or you know the Bucks or you know some of the some of the better offenses um, in the league. You're you're not going to do it. Uh, so I mean, yeah, like like you said, they're stream, streamer. I would say at best, um, and uh, I mean outside of the the defense. I mean, I, I I guess I don't even know. We could there's just they're just very meh yeah. to me. I yes. I don't know. I I look at it. I look at who their division. It's like there's a like the Commanders has a good matchup. Dallas that's a little bit tougher. The Giants has a good matchup, but. Are they good enough that I want to play them outside of some of those tough ones? No, they're just not. Yeah, there's just so. so much more opportunity against those teams than there are against most. Plus, divisional games, teams usually play them better, which helps the defense in that aspect because they're typically lower-scoring games as well, which, take that how you will, might be a better game for the offense if they play well because they know them and score a lot of points, or it might be a better game for the defense because they shut them down because they know them all. Yeah. It's it's a, not a matter of if they know them well enough because they do. It's a matter of which side of the other team's football plan is going to fizzle out because the team knows them well enough to stop whatever's going on, whether it be offensive or defensive side. So I like the matchups a lot when it comes to that, but is it something I'm banking on? No. I'm not drafting them as a second defense or like a streamer at the end. That's more of a I'm picking them up if they're on waivers because of the matchup. Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, with that being said, we could just hop into the other team that we both think is probably the only team that's going to contest them this year, which is Dallas. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. You had a healthy Dak back. Yep. Which is, I mean, Cooper Rush is phenomenal, but... Mm. Only so good. Just ask Mike Zimmer. Yeah, right. Oh, phenomenal. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you actually brought this up, which intrigued me. You want to go on your little spiel about Zeke here? Yes, I kind of do. Um, I am firmly in the camp of drafting Ezekiel Elliott this year. I think that I think he, he might have convinced me too. So listen to him. I th- I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people. Look, the common conception conception with Zeke is that he's washed because last year he looked slow. Um, the second half of the year he did not look good. He was very um, just he didn't look good. The eye test he didn't pass it right. So you take that and then you look at the numbers he posted from last year. He was the RB six in half point PPR, which I like to use as, as a metric just. Just to give you an idea, because you know standard PPR, there can be a lot of differentiating factors, obviously, with the points per reception. So I, I kind of, I typically, I'll split it right down the middle. Um, if you look at half point PPR scoring, and this is very similar in in 
other formats as well. He was the RB6 last year, and he played with a partially torn PCL for the last half of the season. I think it was week five or six, somewhere in that range where he got hurt. You and heard he, that right, by the way. RB6 is correct. RB6 last year. Nobody, it did not feel that way at all. It felt like, like you RB60. had an, it felt like you had an RB3 on your roster most weeks. And it, it honestly, because I and had not him. three overall, like RB24 to yeah, no, I, I had him on a team. And I can tell you firsthand, it did not feel good owning him. Um, but he finished the year with over a thousand yards rushing, 10 touchdowns on the ground, almost 300 receiving and two touchdowns receiving. And that was playing three quarters of the season hurt with a bad knee and a backup quarterback he's going to get better this year if he stays healthy he will be better it's the offense is mostly the same outside of amari cooper but dak is back and fully healthy and you get a healthy gallop back too and so he i'm telling you is going to be better and even in terms of like points per game if you want to use that because he did miss a little bit of time last year he still finished i think it was rb 14 and half point ppr uh, formats which is barely outside of RB1 status, mm-hmm. as shitty as he looked for the entirety of that second half of the season, and he still was an RB1 last year, firmly in that category, you're getting Zeke right now in the third round based on his ADP. That's a ridiculous value. You can get an RB1 yeah, that's in super. round three. That kind of gives me shades of DeMarco Murray after he left Dallas and went to Tennessee where everyone just gave up on him because he had one bad year, but it wasn't a bad year it was more of situational circumstances yeah. where philly didn't know how to use him and he was playing banged up because philly ran him out of the shotgun like 75 percent of the time and he's a downhill runner you can't get him going i'm i'm telling you right now and 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 there's a lot of concern because tony pollard's in the picture and people think they could split time and he could take touches away and don't get us wrong we're not slandering tony pollard here we do i in my opinion at least no not at all i think tony pollard's great i there's, think that they should run a two-headed monster but with the information you brought up about Zeke, I think that it's genuinely stupid if you're on a back-end second-round pick and he's there to not take him. I There's there's two things about Pollard that I want to mention with this. Number one, based on the usage that Zeke has seen in the past four or five years since he came into the league, it's been a ridiculous amount of volume. It could be good for him if Pollard takes a few touches off of the, the load that he needs to, to shoulder. It could keep him more fresh, uh, allow him to be a little bit more explosive, He's getting paid a fuckload of money to be that starting running back for a long time. They're going to use him. You're not going to pay a running back that type of money and not use him. And you can't tell me that Tony Pollard is a better goal line back than Zeke is in an offense that should be scoring a pretty good amount of points. He's going to get the goal line touches. He's going to get a lot of work. I'm telling everyone right now, if you can get Zeke in the back end of the second or like third round where he's going, or even like late third, I've gotten him like 11th, 12th pick in the third round at times. That is a great pick to make. There's questions. Yes. They're not, it's not going to be a 50, 50 workload split. It's just, it's not going to work that way. Zeke will get the majority of the touches. He's going to get the high value touches inside the red zone. He's going to get work out of the backfield in terms of the passing game. He will finish in RB1 territory again this year as long as he stays healthy. And if things go really well, he will be a top four or five running back this year. I don't know that it that's I would say that's not guaranteed, but I am I am I will guarantee you he's gonna be a top twelve running back this year. Um I'm I'm taking any shares of Zeke I can get this year because of just the value baked into it. Um the, like I said, the perception about him is that he's washed 
he's he's not that old. He's still 26, 27-ish. Um, and like I said, he played all of last year, most of last year, with a bad knee, which, you know, you could see. It obviously bothered him. Um, but he's he's going to be a good value for somebody, and I, I, I want to be that guy. I'm willing to take that risk 100%. Yeah, I just think... <clears throat> For how bad I really thought he was, I treated it like doomsday, especially for him, because you expect so much out of a guy that's had so much success. Which is easy to do. You think of Zeke, you think a top three running back, right? But that's a very fair point where the value you're getting for him right now, that might, I wouldn't say a league winner, but the fact that you could get a running back two for what you're drafting at, like you get him as your running back two, but he has essentially a floor of running back one because that was what his worst year ever yeah and he finished as running back six yeah i'll take that every That's, day of the week there's there have been drafts where i land him as my flex my running back three it's fucking real. my mock drafts that's fucking unreal and and if you <laughs> the how scary of a team would that yeah. be if you get rb6 as your flex you know what i mean as long as everyone stays healthy and you don't have to deal with injuries mm-hmm. and shit which is inevitable which is ridiculous it's, yeah right i mean just even having that depth for if someone does go down where your backup now is zeke as you're running back too absolutely i'm i'll take that every day of the week i think there's too much value there to not to not deal with uh, so i also think that cd lamb's gonna be great this year he's amari gone someone someone's got to pick up targets and gallops, gallops the big play guy where he he goes for the jump balls he does whatever but i think cd's going to eat in this offense this year i think cd's gonna finish top 10 wide receivers and it's not Absolutely. a question no he definitely will the only thing that that worries me a little bit with cd is he's just never been a great red zone target he yeah. doesn't finish with a ton of touchdowns he gets a lot of looks and he'll get the yardage and he can make circus catches he's proven he can do he that. can do it but i think he finished last year i'm looking it up quick but i think he finished last year with like six touchdowns and I think he had maybe six the year before that as a rookie. Yeah, he had six touchdowns last year on 120 targets. Um, that's not great, you know. So I, I don't love that part of his game. If he, he, he needs to take a he needs to take a big step forward in the red zone if you want to get I elite. think he's gonna have to. He has to. If you want elite level production out of C D, he needs to get more red zone looks and he needs to make the most of them. But his floor is a wide receiver yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But I, I do think as much as I am high on him, the red zone target share is going to lean Gallup's way. Or Dalton Schultz is another one. Well, we yeah, well, yeah, Schultz is for sure going to be how Schultz – expect exactly what you got out of Dalton Schultz last year, this year. That's it's going to be the exact same. Borderline elite Don't Don't change your value on him. Don't think he's going to be any worse or better. He will be exactly what he was last absolutely, year. Absolutely, he will. Yep. And that's consistent in a lot of leagues. And when it comes to to not drafting a top five tight end or like say going for that high upside guy like a Dallas Goddard, if you end up saying I'm not taking a tight end till the end, Dalton Schultz is a great option. And I don't even know if he's going to last that long. <clears throat> That's the issue is I don't even know because like I said, I've, going through the mocks that I've gone through, I I have no idea where he's going to go. I, I, I really don't. I've seen him in the fifth. I've seen him sixth. I've seen him all the way back to the ninth or tenth. Yeah, there's, it's just hard to value what you think because there's a lot of new tight ends on new teams who have solid potential, who have had quarterbacks who love to throw to their tight ends, but how is this guy going to fit in the new system? This 
saying Austin Hooper, I literally I didn't even say that thinking about the Titans, but saying Austin Hooper, who's in a brand new situation with a guy who loves to throw to the tight ends, who's a very middle of the road tight end. What kind of value are you going to get there? There's a lot of guys that make you think, is this going to be worth it? And in my opinion, when it comes down to it, I'm going to take what I know, and I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz over that. This year for tight ends especially feels different from the past couple where the last They're couple not the of guaranteed the last couple mm-hmm. of years you've had the, the elite tight ends and then outside of the elites there's really they're almost all one and the same they're very very close this year feels like there's the elites and then there's like a middle group that are trying to get that there. are that are not there are younger Noah Fant, tj hawkinson yeah. those kind of guys they're, they're not elite but they're not streamers either so it's a little bit deeper there's still a big big drop off um but I think Dalton Schultz is right at the very top yes. of that next And that class. gray area where you have to decide, if is this guy a streamer or is he a part of that middle group? That's where people are going to start to reach. Yeah. And that's when you're going to find value in someone who for some reason falls because he wasn't valued. And I think that the perfect example of that is Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I, I love... Dalton Schultz, I've I mentioned this on a past. Uh, Mike Gusecki is another one. Yes, you if 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 you miss on the the one of the few elite guys, Schultz is Logan Thomas. I'm I'm, I'm Schultz, like there's Schultz is one of my more, I think, favorite more. tight ends in the entire group, mm-hmm. and there's only a handful of them that I would rather have at that their particular value. You know, based on where you're having draft him to sure. get that level of production. Sure. I love Dalton Schultz this year. You take. Amari Cooper out of that group, and that's a lot of targets that's got to go elsewhere. Um, Gallup is coming back. He's going to be healthy, but he's not. I don't think he's fully 100% yet. Um, there's still worries that he could miss a week or two uh, to start the season. And outside of CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, you got a rookie in Jalen Tolbert. You got James Washington, who already is hurt. He's expected to miss, I think, six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And they have the, nothing on the back end for wide And then beyond that, there's there's Noah Brown and uh, Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, and Jalen Tolbert is not. Tolbert is, he's a rookie, mm-hmm. and I think he was a third round-ish, give or take a little, yeah. third or fourth round pick. Yeah. He's not high, high value. I would, this is another team, I know we've said it a couple times, would love to bring OBJ in for a workout. If they could get him late year, that would be a scary uh, combination. You put him in the mix with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Um, I just don't think they have the depth to afford to not at least try that. I don't. I don't know what their cap situation is. If they, I just, it. I find it so hard to believe not all of these teams have tried to reach out at least. I, I bet you OBJ is probably just sitting back and waiting to see what he gets for an offer. Well, also you're not guaranteeing when you're going to be able to get back, so he might be waiting on his body too to kind of see right. where he's going to be at for a timeline. And if and yeah. if I'm in his shoes, am I going to sign right now with the team before I know what their season looks like, or I'm going to wait until week eight when I when see when I can bet okay, on what's this, probably going to the happen. wheels the wheels fell off for this How team. How big's our division lead? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure. going to sign with them now. Sure. I'm going to go. You know, suppose if he's got three options, it's the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Packers. I'm Suppose- thinking, I really think if it is Green Bay that he's thinking of, which I think is probably his most preferred destination because he's going to be wide receiver one tenfold there if he goes, and yeah. he's getting a Hall of Fame quarterback, I really think he wants to see how Green Bay's season's going to start. If the because Packers- there is so much up in the air there. If their defense starts balling and they're keeping close in every game where he can look at that offense and say, yeah, I'm the difference maker there, that's going to get them over the hump. And I think at this at this stage of his career – 
he just wants if, to win, especially because he got one last year without playing in yeah, most of the yes. game. If if the Packers are 0-8 and he's ready to come back and he's healthy, he's not signing in Green Bay. He's going somewhere else where he's going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of his decision is going to be based on how the season shakes out. Mm-hmm. But that said, and I team do think success. he would yeah. be a very intriguing option sure. for a third fiddle in that passing game because sure. they're going to throw the ball a lot. We've seen that. They throw the ball a shitload with Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. And defensive side of the ball, I mean, I feel like we mostly have covered their offensive line's not what it has been. They still have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. They have Biadish in the center, who is slowly turning into a much better offensive lineman than what he started. They drafted Tyron Smith in the first round this year. Their only weak point, in my opinion, is the right tackle side, depending on how Tyron Smith does in the left guard, because he's a rookie. Well, that's kind of up in the air. But Terrence Steele is not the answer at right tackle. But I will counter this point with the fact that even when Dallas had their best lines, their right tackle position was always lackluster. Whether sure. it be Doug Free or whoever it was, they never had a solid right tackle. And they succeeded. So I won't press the panic button on not loving the one part of the right side, especially when you still have Zach Martin over there. Yeah. And Connor McGovern waiting in the wings as a guard to rotate through to do whatever yep. and wherever you need to move Martin, you can he's do a, it. Yeah, he's a good utility piece. But not having Travis Frederick is not having Travis Frederick. And Tyler Smith was you yeah, know he's a rookie, best run blocker in the he was considered draft to be class, they said, one of which the, one of the best run blockers in the draft which class. Which right is, back to this whole Zeke argument. That's that's another thing I was going to say. Go. Is mm-hmm. you get a you get a really good run blocker, and even if he's not great in pass pass protection, um, you add another piece. You can run off that left side. Um, another reason that I I'm still firmly in the in the pro Zeke camp this year. Sure, and they brought in a lot of veterans. They brought in Dante Fowler, Anthony Barr, Malik Hooker. And this is a defense that last year capitalized mostly on turnovers and scoring touchdowns off of them. mm -hmm. Outside of that, they weren't great, but they still have enough there that they could be serviceable a lot of weeks. Jordan is a solid cornerback three. You have a former first-round pick, and Tristan Hill is a backup defensive tackle. They have a little bit of depth here. I don't think their defense is going to struggle. I don't think they're going to be a turnover machine like they were last year, but I think the touchdown upside is still there. Yeah, you're. I don't. I don't think you're going to see them score. They're what, not going to score that many touchdowns. times. But I. I do. I still think they're going to be top three in defensive touchdowns scored. Most likely, they could definitely mm-hmm. get there. Yeah, they. They. They could still be a. I would call them a borderline starting defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're. Yeah. I would sure. put them in the top or the top sort of tier of streamers. 10 to Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, the upside is there on any given week that they could be have a blow up week for you. There, there's enough talent on the defense, but yep. there's also enough questions that it makes you wonder, like, okay, are you comfortable starting them week to week? No, I'm not. Yeah, so essentially where we're at here is we're okay with running. We're totally happy with rod, wide receiver, running back, and tight end one. Yeah. Wide receiver and running back one, drafting them at ADP is A-okay with us for both of them. And Dalton Schultz is just a matter of where you value him in that middle group, but we're higher on him than most in the middle group. As far as Dak goes, I don't think he has enough to be consistently what Dak was the year he really was his best. But do I think Dak will finish as a top 12 quarterback? Most likely. I'm not reaching on him, but if the quarterbacks start to drop and you're like, I need a quarterback, and you're going to take one in the rounds where there's still good options left, I have no issue with you taking Dak. I've got him QB9 Mm -hmm. in my rankings right now. That could – I I may – shift that a little bit depending on how this preseason goes there's a couple guys behind him that could i could bump up sure 
especially like Trey Lance with his rushing upside. Right. But I don't, you know, we don't need to get into Trey mm-hmm. Lance right now. But yeah. uh, but I he's he's still very much in play for QB one. There there's enough passing volume there. You know, like I said, they love to throw the ball. They throw the ball a shitload, and, and he could throw for forty five hundred or forty eight hundred yards this year, no problem. And if he runs a few more, you know, if he gets if he gets you a little bit more work on the ground this year, um. That could be just enough to kind of bump him into that top six or seven yep. territory. Sure. Um, if he gets there. there I is, think they're just going to limit that because they don't want him fuck playing with fire. That seems like the logical thing Which you to should, do. Yeah. Um, but then again, Mike McCarthy's the head coach and Jerry Jones is the owner. So do we really think the rational decision is going to be made here? Probably yeah. not. You know, because like I'm looking at, look at Zeke's, or at Zeke's, look at Dak's numbers from last year. He had almost 4,500 passing yards, 37 touchdowns. He had less than 200 rushing yards and just one touchdown. That's probably going to go up a little bit because he's a runner. Mm-hmm. He, he can move. Um, but I, I, uh, I, 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 you could do much worse than, than Dak for sure. Yeah, especially when you're not wasting a top five quarterback pick on him now, you'll be a okay yeah, for sure. All right, um, move along and right. to the only other see. team that might have a chance at going over three and fourteen. The Giants. I there's really only a couple parts of this team that I. Really I'm a, I'm out on everyone. I'll throw it that way. I don't even trust Saquon this year. Their offensive line has bookend tackles in Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, who I love, mm-hmm. but they're too far away in the middle. They, Joe Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky, and Joshua Azendu. Have you heard of any of them? Uh, Feliciano, yes. He was a starter in Buffalo for a long, well, I shouldn't say a long time, but he was a starter in Buffalo for a handful of years. I do, I do think he's, excuse me? <laughs> he's, he's definitely serviceable as a starter. He's, he's a pretty good lineman. Um, Glowinski, I can't, I can't lie. I, I, I don't follow enough, um, to know whether or not he's great. I would say I, if I had to guess, he's probably somewhere in that average range, but, um, I do think that Saquon, much like Zeke, I am firmly in Saquon's camp again this year. Um, I, I think wish I was. I think he's highly motivated. He's great. He's so good. I think he's very he highly motivated. No fucking help. If he if he stays healthy, he's gonna be. Don't an waste RB1. your first round pick. On he, him. No, no, absolutely not. Don't take him in the first round. Uh, but you can get him in the second and third round right now, late second, early third, early to mid third. And with how much they use him in the passing game, the only way I don't see him finishing in the top fourteen or 15 running backs as if he gets hurt because he's going to, he's going to take a bunch of catches out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's going to get all the goal line touches when he was healthy last year. He averaged, I believe it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 17, 17 and a half points per game. Um, which if I look real quick would have put him right in the, right in the thick of like RB one territory yeah, around Zeke. And then he got hurt and he was dealing with injuries and there was games he played where he did not, uh, he, he played, but he didn't score a lot of points because he was still dealing with injuries. He split time with the uh, uh, Devontae Booker. Um, if you exclude those games, though, and you look at the games where he was fully healthy, not really listed as a questionable or, or hurt on the on the injury report, 17.5 points per game, 17 points, that would have put him RB3 on the year. I, I don't see that as yeah. being out of the question for him. I think the offensive line has gotten better. I don't want to say they're great. No. But they've gotten better. You add Evan Neal. Um, 
I, 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 I think he's another, a really good value in the, in yeah. the second to third round where if you pick, if you go wide receiver in the first round and you end up with Zeke and Saquon, even though it's not going to feel good in the second and third rounds, you could do worse yeah. because you could end up in a really good position late in the year. If those guys, if it, if they stay healthy, then I, I have to preface it that you're way just rolling the dice on two running backs, which I don't ever recommend because if you get burned and you have no running back depth, your team's done. The problem with running backs is you just never know which ones are going to go down, you know? So it's like, it was Saquon the last two years. It was CMC the last two years. If they stay healthy though, they're just so fucking good. Um, I'm I'm willing to take the risk on him and Zeke this year. I I think I think both of them have a very good chance of ending as RB ones or fringe RB ones this year, and you don't have to draft them at that value to get them. Um, so I am I am over the moon if I can land both of those, and if I can get, if I can get a running back in round one, and then those two in round two and three, I am ecstatic. Yeah, outside of their offense though. With Saquon in the later rounds, if I could, I could justify a third round pick on him. Outside of that, I'm not touching anyone. Daniel Jones is horrible, and if he goes down or gets pulled, I don't trust Tyrod Taylor anymore. Kenny Galladay was an absolute ghost last year, and Kadarius Tony is too inconsistent. He had two good Very, games last year. Yeah. So their tight end situation right now is Daniel Bellinger is tight end one, and Ricky Seals Jones is tight end two. That's fucking disgusting. They're horrible. And That's gross. Tight end three is Jordan Aikens. <laughs> the the old, the old former Texan. So pass catching wise, absolutely not. No, I think wide receiver one at the end of this year will be Saquon, and I sure hope so. It's not going to be close. So as far as the offense goes, I'm dismissing anything else, and we can probably be done with that outside of Saquon. Yeah, I would do not draft a giant. The only the only person I would take a flyer on is Kadarius Tony, and if I'm doing that, it's as an R, uh, wide receiver four ish yeah or as, five and as far as the defensive side i think their pass rush is going to be good this year they have dexter lawrence leonard williams and Kayvon thibodeau in the front which i love jihad ward they brought over from um san francisco mm-hmm. who's not bad he's just on the back end of his career blake martinez has led the league in tackling two separate years from a middle linebacker perspective they drafted aziz ojalari who i think is explosive from the edge if you need him and the back end has some decent pieces in Xavier McKitty and Dory Jackson, but not anything to write home about. No. I think that's going to be their Achilles heels, the back end. They're going to allow a lot of yards. But I do think that their pass rush is going to get home more than you think this year. Now, as far as taking this defense, no. No chance. Nope. No chance. But I do think that their pass rush is going to be a lot better than people expect this year, for sure. That's fair. Um, I do like Thibodeau. I think they need definitely, for sure, they need some more work in the back end of that yes. defense. That's all um, it is, because once they get the pressure, they just need someone that's going to be able to turn the ball over. And yeah. right now, I don't think they have it. No, they don't. <sighs> uh, yeah, as far as the Giants go, I think that's pretty much all I got for them. Yeah. There's not a whole lot more to cover fantasy relevance. No, wise. Daniel Jones, obvious no. Um, the defense is an obvious no. Titans, an obvious no. Saquon Outside of for the Tony. value, if you get him in the end of the second or third, I'm okay with that. I am. That's... 
that's where I'm seeing him go right now. If I can get him in the second round, I'm happy with it. Third round, I'm super fucking happy with it. I guess speaking of running backs you love, let's move over to Antonio Gibson and the Washington Fuck Commanders. no, dude. <laughs> I am 100% out on that guy. I was so high on Antonio Gibson last year. He's a converted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He should get the pass catching yeah, work. That guy. They said he was going to be the next CMC. Fuck that. Fuck Ron Rivera. He talked him up way too much. He disappointed supremely last year. He played hurt a lot of the time too, yeah. so there is that. But uh, no, fuck that. I am way, way out on Antonio Gibson. I am this year. too. But holy shit, do I love their wide receiving core? They're all young and they're all solid. I like the receiving Terry core. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Do we like the quarterback? No. I, that, <laughs> that is the only reason I do not like the receiving core. It has nothing to do with their talent or anything they, they can even control. Yep. I am way out on Carson Wentz. And Car- I think Carson Wentz is starting to get into the Sam Darnold area where he's starting to see ghosts because of how much he's been hit. And this offensive line is not good enough to protect him. They're fine. Andrew Nowhere. Uh, Norwell, Charles Leno Jr., uh, Trey Turner as a backup, Sam Cosme, Chase Rulier as their center. Like, they're not bad players. That line's not good enough to hold up on a consistent base and make me think that this yeah. can be a top 10 protected quarterback. And because of that, you're going to see a lot of Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I, for that going forward, I think that's going to hinder these wide receivers who, if they had a decent quarterback, even like a Baker Mayfield... They're in a much better spot. I I will say he only threw seven picks last year, which is a lot less than it feels like he yeah, probably Yeah, but threw. he also had running back one. He Exactly. He had Jonathan Taylor in the backfield last year. He doesn't have and that this year. Arguably and arguably the best offensive line, line in football, and uh-huh. he still did Carson Wentz things too yes. often. He still was not great, and he played in an offense that should have made him better. They sh- a, yes. He, he didn't have a lot of great passing options. You know, outside of Michael Pittman, they didn't have a whole lot. But that's, that's the best opportunity he's ever going to get to change the narrative for who Carson Wentz is. With, with the running game he had, the defense he had, the offensive line he had, they could have been better. And he was a big part of the reason that they were not. I will say his defense this year is relatively similar with the amount of talent they have, though. We were all aboard the hype train for They have Washington's 18 first round picks on the defensive side of the football. We were we were talking them up big time to start the year last year. And their offense they handcuffed them. They were definitely hindered by the lack of firepower on the offense. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. They had to deal with, you know, Taylor Heineke and whatever else. Um, who's okay, but he's not great. But like, even if you look at this, Chase Young, first overall, De'Aaron Payne, 19th overall, Jonathan Allen, 17th overall, Montez Sweat, first round pick, Jameen Davis, first round pick. Kendall Fuller was not a first round pick, I don't believe, but he but is he's a still premier, been a good corner. He, he's been a great yeah. corner, and he's only 27. Like, the thing is, there's William Jackson is another guy that's been consistent. They have the talent there. Yes. They just have to put it together and get more consistency from their offense. And I don't think their defense is bad at all. Their offense, more consistency from that offense would 100% put that defense into every week starting category. Like it's hard category. to be solid when you're playing 75% yes. of the game. It, when your offense sucks, the defense, it's tough for the, for them to be worth anything. Mm-hmm. Love William Jackson just... and Kendall Fuller in the back, though. I do. So, obviously, we already talked about Antonio Gibson, how we're totally out. Um, You said you love McLaurin. I do love McLaurin just based on how he's produced, and he's never really had anything. He hasn't. No, he's done well with the shit that he's been given. Or not Deshaun Watson. um, 
DeAndre Hopkins before Deshaun Watson, where he was yeah. catching balls from fucking Tom Savage, and he was still going for twelve hundred a year. Like, yeah. he makes his quarterback better, which is what you want to see from a wide receiver. He just needs consistent play, and having another wide receiver across the way in Jahan Dotson, who is a first round talent, will free up so many opportunities for him. I think you'll see a little bit better of a year than you did last year from Terry McLaurin. Sure. Uh, where, where are you on Logan Thomas? Because he's about the only other piece. Logan of Thomas office. is right in that middle of the road tight end situation. I that got we were like talking about with Dalton Schultz. Somewhere in the fifteen-ish range. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I, without. I even think looking. he falls more in that area where you decide whether or not this guy's not a streamer or is. I think he's the fringe. You're still a streamer option. I, that's. He's for me. He's a streamer. Yes. I, I wouldn't put him anywhere near like an every week starting, uh, spot. But he's not that far out of it. He could get there. Um, he's still coming off of an injury. I think he tore an ACL or something like that last year. I kind of hope he goes back to quarterback um, and just takes Carson Wentz's job. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> but I, I, I still, I have a lot of trouble uh, or a lot of issues trusting Logan Thomas. Yeah, I, I, uh, I he's have a lot done of issues it. trusting the Commanders. Yeah, he's he's done it. But I just don't know. I just it all comes down to Carson Wentz, and I just don't have faith that he's going to be where. where We've seen enough of him that to know, like, okay, we know what we're yes. going to get with him. He's not going to go out and throw for 4,500 yards, 5,000 yards. He's not going to put up 40 touchdowns. You're going to get some bonehead plays. Yeah, and Logos Thomas has done it, but he's never done it consistently. Yeah. Correct. Not even for a full season, not even. Yep. He's had great games, which gets you into you – have, you have, like, three boom games as a tight end – you're most likely going to finish the season as a top 12 tight end regardless you're going to be real close everything else because of how big the discrepancy is between the big time guys and the average guys the average guys score like eight to ten and that's like a good week and then you got the top three premier guys where if you get 20 from a tight end that's fucking insane yep so when it comes down to that I just think that he doesn't have enough upside to make him that consistent I'm better than a streamer option but I think that He's going to be one of the most valued streaming options consistently all year. That could that could be the case. There's a lot of those guys in that category mm-hmm. that that are going to be and be like back to the matchups playing those teams yeah. six times a year. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason I think that he's going to fall in that category. Sure. All right. Anything else from Washington you want to cover? Because I personally could care less. I don't want any <laughs> any, any part of most. I don't of want that. to be here. <laughs> No, yeah. that's about all I got for this uh, horseshit division. So, All right. Well, I guess uh, if there's nothing else to cover, we can wrap it up. We'll move on uh, to uh, next time around. We'll we'll go over uh, the southern divisions. So the next time you, you guys hear from us, it'll be we'll be talking about some of the AFC South. Um, and me spewing a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, Just probably kidding, the weakest. Bullshit, but. Probably the weakest <laughs> division in all of football. <laughs> No, AJ um, Brown's knees aren't there anymore. <laughs> when it comes down to it, I mean, you look at the you look at the teams in that division. You got Jacksonville, you get Houston, and then you get Tennessee. That's like levels below that, even. Yeah. Um, Is it possible for a four way tie for worst? For last, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, probably. Well, if you want to look at it that way, it could be four way tie for best too. At that point, mm. it gets there. Mm. But uh, we'll cover that shit show when we get back to you guys in a, in a few days here. So. Yeah, Derrick Henry's currently on his way to two thousand yards already. So. <laughs> All right, well, we once again appreciate y'all for listening. Thanks, Thanks for joining. For, uh, bearing with us for that division. We know it's not everybody's favorite, but at the same <laughs> time, it's still something that needs to be covered. So uh, we will come at you hot next episode. I promise you that. All right, bless I'm your excited. hearts. Thanks Take for care. listening. Yeah, we love y'all. Appreciate you. Bye.